Wiccan. Today it is you and I, audience. I and you, you and me, whatever. It's us. It's us today. I am going to be your guide on your perfect, perfect Thanksgiving. So I hope you guys are listening to this as you get ready, or maybe you're listening to it on Thanksgiving Day thinking, well, damn it, he gave me all the right ideas and I just did not follow because get the stoves out, get the bells out, get whatever you need out. It is going to be hot take time. Uh, here, maybe I should do this every time I do a hot take. Yep, that's my, of course, I got my toys to play with, so I got to play with them. But no, I want to talk to you about Thanksgiving. And personally, my idea of the best way to celebrate this year that might be a more alternative. I'm going to shout out a podcast I listen to called A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. And they talked about like the perfect things to do Thanksgiving and things you have to do. And it's like, don't change it up too much, but change it up if you can. And make sure you get a self-basting turkey and all this other stuff. So in the first half here, I want to cover the meal itself. That is the star. Thanksgiving is a eating day. I would argue the only day of the year that can compete with Thanksgiving when it comes to planning and the food you buy and stuff is, is Super Bowl Sunday. Look, we all know Super Bowl Sunday is a big eating day, but it's not nearly as fancy as Thanksgiving. And I can give you an idea here in my house, my wife and I, when we got married, we got the like kind of china you could put in the in the dishwasher because it's like, oh, we're going to use it all the time. We don't we use it on Thanksgiving. Every now and then we might get a little nutty and be like, oh, look, that's kind of nice. Well, we'll eat it on our china. And no, we don't. It, I mean, it, it's very, very rare. If uh, I've been married a lot of years now, let's just say not. Well, no, that's wrong to say. I have been. I've been married since 2006, so in that time period, I could probably say easily we have used our china less than 50 times. Just gives you an idea, but we do use it every single Thanksgiving, and we usually have family in. My wife's family comes in, and it's a whole big ceremony. My wife loves to cook. We do all sorts of stuff. I like to make pie, everything on and on and on, and just I think as we've gotten older, which means we've gotten not more cynical, but we've gotten wiser— and as we are like, you know what, we want to have the things we want. We've lost family members over time. We don't see people as much anymore. So it's like you really, why spend the day making something that, yeah, everybody's going to enjoy, but maybe we're all wanting for something else. So here's hot take number one. <coughs> turkey. All right. Turkey is probably the most overrated thing I think there ever could be. I, everybody out there can tell me, oh, no, but I've had this one turkey and it had uh, Moccatello spice or whatever. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up. And, or it's had this and we rubbed it this way and it was dry brined. It was wet brined. Whatever. Or rubbed. Or I, I don't care. It, at the end of the day, turkey is still that. It is turkey. And I know people talk about, oh, but don't you remember this one that was juicy or if you had a self-basting one that won't be dry? It always ends up dry. You always have too much. The highlight of the turkey is usually leftovers because you're making it into a casserole or you're lathering it up in mayo for a sandwich or something like that. Turkey on its own is just bland, okay? It just is. Here's where my credentials come in. So Popeye's sells this like Cajun spiced turkey or something like that. You can go buy it and... Everybody, I've heard people for years talk about, oh, my God, that Popeye's turkey is great. So last year, we decided to get it. I didn't even remember we had it until my wife rem reminded me this year. That's how unforgettable turkey is. So my first advice to you is ditch a turkey. In my house, I, I don't know if we've totally settled yet, but we're talking about 
roasting some chickens. That's way better. I mean, way, way better. I'm going to steal from this food and wine. They had an article here called 25 Main Course Alternatives to Turkey for Thanksgiving. And it was written in October of this year. And they have things like leg of lamb over new potatoes. I mean, really kind of a fancy dish, which, yeah, that actually sounds really good. Uh, Salmon Wellington, which sounds not good whatsoever. They have a couple of other ones on here. There's a chestnut mince pie. Heck no. There's a couple of glazed hams. I know Ty and I famously on this talked about, you know what, just go get a ham. Look, I still love ham. Still think ham is a a good spiral cut. Honey ham is is great, but it's, yeah, yeah, I want to give you something different. They have roast goose on here, uh, Cornish game game hens. I could really go for that. Some more salmon type stuff. But this is, if I was to tell you, there are two dishes, I would say. Okay, you want to make an impact on Thanksgiving. One is a beef roast. If you go out there and you get just a gorgeous, just slow cooked, I mean, it's going to take the same amount of time in your oven as a turkey will. And you make that all juice with it and you have that just beautiful slices of beef roast. My mouth is literally watering thinking about this right now. I kind of joked with my wife and I said, why don't we just get some steaks? But part of me thinks, oh my God, a nice, nice beef roast. That, that is what you should be doing. But let's say you just want to knock it out of the park. Let's just say you want to put down in your plate something that people are going to be like, wow, that's impressive. And then when they eat it, they're going to be like, oh my God. Make yourself a, and I'm probably saying this wrong, so I apologize, but a timpanano. Timpanano is basically a, it's like a pasta cake. Layers of different pastas. You can put meats in there, all sorts of things. Just covered in this like cheese and flour shell. And when you cut into it, it looks beautiful. The thing that really made this dish famous is the movie Big Night. I mean, just gorgeous. You put something like that on there. There's vegetarian options for it. There's all sorts of great things you can do with it. I'm actually thinking of recommending, hey, I may attempt this. I will probably do terrible, but it's it's something you can try, something that's new, and something that even if you fail at it, you still got a great plate of pasta. So you're not you're not missing out on anything. But that's a turkey, okay? But maybe you're saying, like, look, it's Thanksgiving. We have to have turkey. Otherwise, I'm a communist and I'm going to get arrested or whatever. Let's talk about the other stuff, okay? I want to start with potatoes. Now, I've had this discussion with my son and my wife a lot. And when it comes a potato is is a god-tier food. It, it, there's nothing you can do wrong with a potato, uh, a regular potato. And there's... Like I said, I was uh, ranking them. One year we did the, the like, uh, what are they called? The au gratin potatoes, the little slices, all in the cheese sauce and stuff, which is still good. But I said, when it comes to making a potato, that's like the worst way to do it. And then right ahead of that is a baked potato, which is still great. And then right ahead of that is um, potato chips. Great. Right ahead of that is the right kind of French fry. I'll do a whole podcast one day with Ty or Tina on what is the proper French fry. But above that, the the absolute highest form of potato is mashed potatoes. Now, my wife, I sound like Borat there, but she makes them by hand. A lot of people make them by hands. I've heard a lot of people, again, going back to a hot dog as a sandwich, they say, just get the the box stuff and put some, some Gruyere in there, put something in there. There's a lot of things you can do with them. I mean, mashed potatoes are 
one of the easiest things to do and something that at its most base form is great, but all the butter and cream. And like they said, you had the cheese, you had chives, you had bacon, you had whatever you want, baked potatoes. If I was to tell you, look, I'm going to blow your mind this Thanksgiving. There are two dishes I'm going to talk about in the traditional Thanksgiving I'm keeping. And one is the mashed potato. Now, you can make your other form of potatoes. Just know at the end of the day, people are eating it going, man, potato's good. But kind of wish the the host would have mashed it because guests at your dinner table are always the biggest jerks on the planet. So that, that's potatoes. That's where it is. Let's talk about stuffing. All right, here it is, people. Stuffing, it sucks. It's seasoned bread. And I've had some great stuffings, okay? I've had the, like, chorizo stuffing, and I've had uh, stuffing made of, like, cornbread, and I've had all this other stuff. And at the end of the day, I eat it, I'm like, oh, that's good. And it's like, I'm not going to eat it again until next year. Stuffing is, I feel bad saying this because my wife loves stuffing. And there are people out there that do, but I'm just like, you know, give me some good hot dinner rolls or croissants or something like that. For my little bread side, I just, you know what it is? is Stuffing is just too much. It's not just a seasoned bread. There's all sorts of crap in it. And it's like, I don't know if I like this stuff. I don't know if I want to know if I like this stuff. And it is it is the most, it, it is the second dish that I will forget about the most. I'll get to the, I'll get to the one near the end that is absolutely just needs to be thrown in the garbage. And I saw some of these when I came home today, so I, I I feel bad about saying that it should be thrown in the garbage. But stuffing, come on, let's be honest here. If you like stuffing, you've probably had something or you've looked into the eyes of the gods and have seen a stuffing that is beyond what us mere mortals have had. And like Prometheus, you're trying to bring us to the masses, but like the masses, we're just setting ourselves on fire and not properly controlling what it is. Stuffing just, no. I mean, no, no. So let's talk about the outside of potatoes, the one dish that absolutely needs to stay, and that's green beans. Now, again, like potatoes, green beans have levels. You can make that green bean casserole with the crispy onions and the cream of mushroom soup and stuff, which is great. It is really good. But that's your all gratin potatoes, okay? You can, well, no, your you're all gratin is your, if you just kind of like, steam the green beans or they get mushy or anything like that. Nobody likes mushy green beans, but you get some good green beans. Cut the tips off, saute them in some kind of like chili flake or something, some oil, pepper, things like that. And when people bite in, they're crisp. That is a God tier, God's tier level food all the time. One of those weird things is anytime I'm like a good sauteed green bean on anything, I'm like, hell yeah. Hell, I think I should try that on a pizza sometime or something. I mean, green beans are outstanding. They should should never leave your table, especially on Thanksgiving. And the time you can save by getting a nice beef roast in the oven or getting some Cornish hens or something like that, that extra little minute or two, you can make a, a nice sautéed green bean that is so good. Don't skimp on it. Get the nice long cut ones. Your kids may be like, oh, green beans. But... I can tell you even my kid, that's a vegetable. He's like, yeah, okay, he won't admit it. But he's like, yeah, that's good. Now, before I get to the desserts, I want to talk about the not dessert that is a dessert that is bad in every form ever, and it's cranberries. I've had a cranberry beer. I've had cranberry cocktails. 
Cranberry to me is like watermelon. Its flavor is something, but it in its purest form is just, yeah. I don't know if they're bad because let's divide cranberries into what they are. Cranberries and cranberry jelly. Now you will get people, my family being included, who really go out with cranberries. They'll get some like star anise and put it in and boil it and have the soft thing and create like a, a jelly with a couple of like pieces of cranberries in there and to give it that texture and all that other stuff. Put all the love in the world in it. And it's still cranberries. And it's still like not quite tart enough, not quite sweet enough, weirdly chewy, just kind of gross. I, I just don't know what it is about cranberries. I just can't get behind it. And like I said, there is a variety of flavorings of cranberry flavorings that I'm like, or things that are flavored cranberry-wise. I mean, look, I might not be the most manly man on the planet when I say this, but the Cosmopolitan's a good drink, okay? I, I guess what I'm saying is cranberries is a type of thing that works with something else. A great example of this is Ikea. Okay, you go to Ikea and you get their, their, their meatballs that I don't think are made of horses anymore. Or, I mean, look, I don't want to get sued. They were never made of horses here as far as I know. But... You get, you get their meatballs, and they give you some mashed potatoes because Ikea and the Swedes know what the hell they're doing. And there's a gravy, and they put that little bit of that lingonberry or whatever on the side, which is just, I guess, Swedish cranberries. And I come at me, people. I know I'm wrong, but it's better for my what I'm telling you here. You know, I mix that up with the stuff that's left over a little bit, and I eat it because they don't give you a lot, which is important. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but it's not. Not something I'm ever like, oh, man, give me a plate of that. Give me a bowl of that. It's the same thing with cranberries. Now let's talk about cranberry jelly. The gods should punish you for that, all right? Cranberry jelly, there's a, a recipe that my wife makes during Christmas sometimes with these meatballs that are in like a cranberry jelly and like a chili sauce or all this other stuff. Great. Again, it works so well with something else, but you plop that little cylinder down and take your spoon and mash it down. You might as well be giving the middle finger to every single person at your table and say, I care nothing for you, which if that's what you're doing, good on you, because that is the number one way to show people that I I can't stand you, so I'm going to give you this abomination and I'm going to make you eat it. That's what cranberry jelly is all on its own. It sucks. I don't know if that's that much of a hot take, but I thought I would do it. You guys getting tired of that yet? I mean, let's see. So outside of the mashed potatoes and the green beans, let's talk about what the real star is. Dessert. More specifically, pies. I've thought about this a lot. Like, what is the greatest form of dessert? Uh, cookie? Candy bar? A cake? A pie? And I know I'm being very general when I say all this stuff, but when it comes to sweet pies, I don't know if there's a bad one out there. And this time of the year, you get the highest level of these pies. This is my personal ranking, but if I had to say like what the top three pies are out there, top three regular pies you can get, a good pumpkin pie. Now, I remember one year I went, I was like, because I, I, I make the pies. And I'm like, I'm going to make pumpkin pie. And instead of getting sweetened condensed milk, I got evaporated milk. That is the worst pie I've ever eaten, okay? And everybody was game, and they're like, oh, it's kind of different. You taste the pumpkin, you know, all this other stuff. No, 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 no. No. Look, I know it sucks, okay? I absolutely know it sucks. But but a good pumpkin pie, here we have a Frisch's 
most people know it as Big Boy, but they sell a pie, which is so good. And I can go to my local grocery store and pick it up. And that's what I do. And I really go make a pie. No, pies, again, like turkey, something can go wrong a lot of times. Plus, you want to, if you're cooking that roast, you need the space. And I always like to prepare pies ahead of time to begin with. So here, if you're if you have a Frisch's or a big boy near you, go to the store and get their pumpkin pie. It's it's extremely good. Then the next level of pie, apple. Apple pie is so good. It's why it's the main pie McDonald's will give you. All right. Apple pie, it just can't be beat. You can make a good apple pie. Everybody makes a good apple pie. I was, uh, here's my stupid humble brag. Years ago, we were in Hawaii for something. We realized they sell the fried pie still in Hawaii. And it was amazing. (laughs) And the the apple pies at at McDonald's, like my son doesn't know a world of those fried pies. So that's what he knows. And they're still good. But apple pie is just so, so, so good. Now, my number one isn't strawberry rhubarb. Awesome. Awesome. Isn't uh, banana cream awesome? Isn't French silk awesome? It isn't that. It's the one that a lot of people are kind of like, huh? And I'm going to tell you why they're kind of huh on this one is because they don't, they haven't had the right one. And that's pecan pie. Now, I know pecan are a, a love it or hate it type thing. I absolutely know that. But I discovered years ago a pecan pie recipe that essentially glazes almost every individual pecan into the crust to create kind of this candied pecan bourbon pie. And it is great. It is so good. And I, over the years, I've tinkered here and there, but I've gone back to the same thing. It's uh, it's important. Like you want your dark brown sugars. You want your, your dark uh, corn syrup. You want whole pecans. You, you want a sweeter bourbon. I use Maker's Mark for this. And you mix it all together. Don't over bourbon it, but you get enough for that flavor and then a good whipped cream on it. It's even a pie. I know some people will put it in the oven and or the oven, the microwave to heat it up a little bit. I actually think it's better not heated up. I think it's better in that really kind of solid, not gooey form. But it's you find that right pecan pie. You're going to make believers out of people. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's good. Pumpkin, apple, those are easier and they're great. They're super, super, super great. But I I guess I want to leave my food part of this by saying, find something different with your turkey. Find something where people are going to be like, you remember that one Thanksgiving when we did that? And they're going to remember that as the best Thanksgiving. Toss your stuffing. For the person that likes it, there's a lot of places you can go to buy a a cup or a pound of stuffing, and that will will appease everyone. Uh, Take the cranberries. And move them directly into the garbage. That's absolutely what you should do. Saute some good green beans. Mash your potatoes and load it up with all sorts of stuff. And just find that pie. Find find the multiple pies. <laughs> it's just thing as great as during the week. It's, I know we're being overindulgent. And trust me, you guys look at me. I should not be doing this. But it's better to throw it out than not to have it. That's what I'm saying. That is about the most first world thing I think I've ever said on this podcast, on a podcast that I could. Its alternate name at one time was First World Problems. I'm not kidding. That honestly was its ultimate name or alternate name. So this Thanksgiving, I hope I gave you some direction when it comes to your foods. I hope I gave you some some passionate talk about what you what I think 
should be on the plate, what I think should be on the table. Oh, I forgot about gravy, too. I, I know everybody wants to make a turkey or chicken or stuff because it makes the right gravy. I mean, here, I got to do it one more. Do people really care? I always make a joke to my son about how I have my own homemade gravy. I go to the store, buy a can, open it up, and heat it up. You make your roast, you can get that great all juice, but maybe that's the hottest take of this whole thing. Gravy is just, it's what it is, it's gravy. It's extra. It's something that you can easily, it's, it's, it's very, uh, from my understanding, it's, uh, it can be screwed up pretty easily. So your jar gravy, it's going to do you just fine. And come at me, folks, but I'm going to take a breather here, and I'm going to talk about what you do before, after, and in the weekend following Thanksgiving. We're going to talk about holiday activities. Hello, all. This is RD. I wanted to talk to you guys about another podcast that I do work on called High Heels and Politics. It's hosted by Marianne Christie, who I work with here in Southwest Ohio. And Marianne, she interviews a lot of influential people. In Ohio, she's interviewed uh, a lot of political people that are influential. But for those of you outside of the state, she's also interviewed people like Susie Chapstick Chaffee, a former Olympic skier who was the face of Chapstick for the 1970s and 1980s. It's really interesting to listen to that one because she talks about her struggles as a woman in the Olympics, but then how she used her celebrity and her attractiveness in order to get more rights for amateur athletes, which led us today to things like the NIL. Also, Susie was very instrumental in Title IX, which we're celebrating the 50th anniversary of. But it's not all just seriousness. Uh, Marianne has also interviewed the Naked Cowboy, the New York City icon that's been out there. Simon Lease, who a lot of you may know if you've ever seen The People vs. Larry Flint, he was the guy that arrested Larry Flint. He also arrested Jerry Springer when Jerry Springer was a member of the Cincinnati City Council here. So I encourage you guys go to Spotify, Google, Apple, go search High Heels in Politics, follow, subscribe the show. Marianne comes out with a new one every week, and it's an incredibly great conversation. And if you're interested or know anybody that may be on High Heels in Politics, just go to the contact page and talk to us. So let's get back to the conversation. Okay, guys, let's begin this by talking about the weather. I was almost said something else, so let's begin by talking about the weather. I live in southwest Ohio, and I grew up in the St. Louis, Missouri area. I was born up in uh, St. Paul, Minnesota. So Thanksgiving this time of the year, in Minnesota, you might have snow. I don't have enough memories of Thanksgiving when I was up there, if there were snow, if there was time for snow or not. But I do have a memory of Thanksgiving in St. Louis, and it was the day before it did snow. It collected on the ground. It was just a very, very small amount, but it did snow, and then the next day it was 75 degrees. That can happen, and that does happen, <laughs> and it's fairly common. It's uh, There's been beautiful days. There was one Thanksgiving where I took a really, really long bike ride, and I remember looking over just uh, is Cincinnati is the city of seven hills and stuff, and just looking over this hill and this vista and seeing the sun going down and thinking to myself, crap, I have to ride the bike back and it's going to get be dark, so I need to get moving. But it was a beautiful day. It was a really nice day. We've had friends here and stuff. that have gone Where we live in southwest Ohio, there's a, a river and one of those uh, rails, one of the old railroads that they turned into a bike trail right next to it. So we got a nice little area for stuff like that that works out really, really well. And you always see people out. 
And then there's been other years where it's been extremely cold. This year is actually looking like it's going to be kind of cool. It's going to be in the mid to low 40s. It's going to be sunny, which is nice. I would rather that. But it looks like it's going to be a little bit cold. So that really hinders what you're going to do. If the weather is particularly not great, you're probably going to stay inside, which leads me to the biggest thing you do inside on Thanksgiving, and that is football. Now, I know I'm losing some people, and they're like, look, I'm not watching football, but I I would argue that outside of the Super Bowl, Thanksgiving is the biggest NFL pro football day of the entire year. And it is because we all know I have so many memories of watching these games on Thanksgiving. I know there's a story behind it or whatever, why the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys each get a home game on those days. And it's just tradition, whatever. And people are like, it shouldn't be that way. I don't give a crap. I know I get to watch the Lions usually lose at home to somebody. It was at that game, at a Lions Thanksgiving Day game that John Madden had his tofurkey out for the first time. So there's a lot of memories to go with that. And then Dallas always has one. It's just the way it is. I know the way it is. But when I talk about like this being the second biggest NFL day, do you know what games are playing on Thanksgiving? And I know you're all like, of course we know what they are, RD. But for those of you that don't, the Packers are playing at the Lions. Now the Lions, Detroit, is looking pretty good this year. And Green Bay, much to my happiness, is not looking very good this year. I don't know if I could take a third Hall of Fame quarterback in a row, but Yeah, I mean, it's a division game, whatever, all this other stuff. So, look, come on, later on, it's going to be a better game. The Cowboys are going to have something. No, they have the Washington, D.C., not as badly named as they used to be, but still badly named Commanders coming in to Dallas or Dallas area to play. Not great. (laughs) Not great, people. I mean, I, I don't, it's a much longer podcast, how you fix that. I don't know how to fix that, but. They did years ago start up that that Thursday night game, which does the Thanksgiving night game, which because those two games are like earlier, they're like a regular football schedule. The um, actually, I think they start like a few like thirty minutes earlier than normal. They normally they would, but they did add. I want to say maybe ten years ago. I know famously the butt fumble, the New York Jets butt fumble. If you know, you know that was in this Thanksgiving game. That has the 49ers at the Seahawks. That's a good game. That's If you're a football fan, that's a good game. I mean, the 49ers are rightfully so a Super Bowl contender. And Seattle, like Detroit, is a team we're wondering, are they for real? And this is a big game to kind of show where that is. I am recording this the day Joe Burrow's, well, yesterday, but today is the day they announced Joe Burrow's season's over. So I have no hope for the rest of the year, so I'm going to invest myself into these meaningless games between teams I've never cared about to get me through the rest of my football season. But that's a good game. And then they have that Black Friday game. I think it's Jets and Falcons and whatever. But it's a of the four big Thanksgiving Day games, day after games, the 49ers Seahawks one is great. But, man, I, I hope the Lions destroy the Packers. I just really do. And we'll see. Anyways, uh, what about college, though? That whole weekend, I mean, maybe on Thanksgiving Day, I mean, I'm sure they have some games, but maybe it's not quite as big. But again, that weekend, that weekend of games, again, these memories I have about watching football, this was, it's got to be like 15 years ago or something like that. It's when Chase Daniel was a quarterback at the University of Missouri. Missouri and Kansas played 
when they were still both in the Big 12, because that's their end of the season game, their big rivalry game. And they were like two and three in the country or one and two or something like that. And that's only happened once in my life. And Missouri won that game, by the way, and then lost the SEC title game. Kansas won the, or that no, wasn't the SEC. I don't know what it was. Something happened. Kansas went to the the BCS, not the championship or something. It was dumb, whatever. Who cares? But that was good. You have, I think, the Egg Bowl, the Ole Miss, Mississippi State game. You have the Iron Bowl, Auburn and Alabama, even when one of those teams isn't good. <clears throat> Auburn, it's a, it's a big deal. You've got these rivalry games. I mean, the only big rivalry game not that weekend of Thanksgiving is probably Army-Navy. That's a couple of weeks later. Uh, Purdue, Indiana. Got to shout out my wife and my father-in-law's alma mater. These are the biggest college football games of the year. But this Thanksgiving, 2023, Ohio State at Michigan. Okay, I am 48 years old, all right? Todd will be turning 41 in a few few weeks here. Tina is, you don't need to know her damn age. This may be the biggest Ohio State-Michigan game in my lifetime. With all the crap, and you can go back and listen to the podcast Ty and I did about all the stupid crap with Michigan football, the sign stealing, how we feel. But we know Jim Harbaugh is not going to be there patrolling the sidelines. We know Ryan Day and Ohio State have said a lot of things or not said a lot of things or whatever it is. We know Michigan is went into Penn State, who had a great run defense and just ran all over them. We know Ohio State has probably three dudes that could be playing receiver in the NFL today. That's going to be a game. I actually think whoever wins that game will win the national title, will beat Georgia, because that's who it's going to be at the end. But man, you you just think about, if you have to be in, those games, those are great games. <laughs> this is a big, big, big weekend for, for football in general. And I know that Ohio State-Michigan game is is the cherry on top, but still sitting there watching that Detroit game, watching that Dallas game, and don't sleep. Oh, I don't think you are, but don't sleep. I mean, San Francisco goes into Seattle. It's big. It's big. Is San Francisco still the big dog? Can Seattle take a swipe at them and make make this a race down the stretch? That's a. Those are big. I'm 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 big for that. But let's say, like in my house, my son and I will probably be interested in football. But people want to do something else, and I'm not the type to sit there and just focus on football. Unless the Bengals were playing and now whatever. But if Jake Browning turns out to be something, okay, fine, whatever. I, I just, I don't care as much. I, I can keep my mind occupied. We are, the, I'm going to do something very, very condensed here that is for a much bigger podcast. But we are literally living in the golden age. And I think we've been living in the golden age of board games for 10 to 15 years now. And I think the big one a lot of people talk about, look, Monopoly's stupid. It just is. It's just a stupid game, okay? My son used to love playing the game Payday. That's, let me take a nail and drive it into my eyeball to play that. Risk, no. It's just no. Stratego, I can't speak tonight. Stratego, that's, a, that's surprisingly a really good game. I shouldn't record this after I eat. That's why I can't speak. But there's these games, and I think starting with Ticket to Ride, that have come out and... They've been great. There's a Ticket to Ride. There's Carcassonne. There's a, a Ticket to Ride variant, I think, called like Airlines. I know we have that. Uh, we have this like Harry Potter Labyrinth game, which is really, really good. I Even some of the older games I used to play with my friends, like Axis and Allies or Conquest of the Empire, I've 
gone out and gotten those games. Uh, Crossbows and Catapults, which is a game I know they're doing a remake of it where you have these little these little crossbows and catapults that you fling these discs at each other and break down walls and stuff like that. Thanksgiving's a great day to get out those games and you got the time to sit there and play and have a spirited thing. I'm not as big into what the the so-called party games, things like code words or charades or anything like that, but you go put down uh, tiles for Carcassonne or put out a ticket to ride map. And I know we can play all these online, but it's just something, something, cool about physically interacting with these pieces again and I, I really encourage people this is the time of the year to go get that board game and go play it and if you in my older age i'm getting a little bit more into dungeons and dragons and stuff it's a good time if you have a group of people that are interested in that to just throw off a stupid little adventure i mean it's my point is use this time in thanksgiving especially if you're stuck inside to Play games. Don't, I, I'm going to sound like old man here, but don't look at your phones. Don't do this. Don't get caught up on work. You know, sit there and engage in something. Play a game. Have some fun. Do that. But let's say you can go outdoors because this is the, this is the key. All right. If you can go outdoors, great. Because what's so great about Thanksgiving and that weekend, unless you happen to be like on a college campus, a lot of your schools, their tracks and fields and stuff, they're open for the public. I know where my parents live, a suburb in St. Louis. There's, they live right across the street from the high school stadium. And I know Thanksgivings I've spent there. Actually, I shouldn't say that. There's usually a huge football game every other year there. Look up Kirkwood Webster Groves uh, football. But you, you go out to there. You throw the ball around. You go around the track. You spend some time being outdoors, playing a few games outdoors. Get a wiffle ball bat. I I have to tell the story, otherwise Ty is going to kill me on it. But I know we used to play basketball before everybody was all married up. I think just my older brother was married, had kids. We'd go and we'd play basketball, and it would always have to be my youngest brother and I on one team because he was the best and I was the worst. And I used to travel every time I'd, I'd, uh, I'd try to shoot the ball because I'd double jump because I'm just a bad basketball player. But you know what? We have those funny memories because we all got out there and we played basketball and now our kids are doing it and having some fun. I, I told you about that bike ride I took and how, yeah, I was by myself. I wasn't family, da, da, da. But still, just like you have, I think my point about all this is you have the time. We're always talking about how we don't have time. We're always talking about how we're working too much or school's too much or Whatever. We have to get this done. We have to get that done. Thanksgiving's a day where you actually you have time. You might not think you do, but you do. You can spend that time. You have that meal. You do all that other stuff, but everything in between. And that's why I go back to the meal. Why waste all that time on a turkey? Maybe it's important to you. And maybe that's what you do want to have your time with. But somebody like me, it's not what I want to have that time you can get out there and you can – those things you always said you were going to do. We're going to go throw the ball. We're going to go hit the ball. We're going to go on the bike ride. We're going to go for the run. We're going to go for the walk or all this other stuff. You can do. <laughs> all right? You, you have that time on Thanksgiving to do that stuff. So do it. <sighs> I mean, I know I'm being a bit earnest and all this stuff about it, but that's what I wanted to take this time doing. I wanted to do this with Ty, but we just it it was it was a busy week. We didn't have time this week. 
I want to do it with Tina is a busy week. We didn't have that. But so at the end of the day, I'm like, I'll put up something old. I have first watch rewatch, which I'll talk about in a minute here. But no, I wanted to, I wanted, you know what? I had the time. And I wanted to get my thoughts, get my feelings out there for you guys to take one crazy dude's view of Thanksgiving, one crazy dude's convictions on what you should and should not do, and just put it into your orbit and think about it. But at the end of the day, and this is going to be as saccharine as you'll ever hear me, Thanksgiving is reflection. For me, it's about reflection. I always have that reflection on my birthday. I always have, what did I do this year? What do I want to do next year? But Thanksgiving, I said earlier, it's a family holiday. But we've lost family. So it becomes remembrance. Part of that becomes remembrance. Part of it becomes sadness. But at the end of the day, part of it becomes taking those memories, taking that reflection, and feeling good for what you have. Thanksgiving, I would never say, has been a prime holiday for me. It's my birthday. It's Christmas. That's probably it. Every other holiday is a holiday. But Thanksgiving is one of those things, I think, especially as I get older, as I have a, as I have a kid who's not a kid. You know, he's becoming a man or whatever it is. And I think to myself, what do I want? What did, what did I have this year and what do I want for next year? And again, how cliched it sounds, but it is a time I sit back and I think you should all too and truly think about what we're thankful for. The world is a messy place. And age does bring cynicism. But age also brings experience. It brings knowledge. It brings memories. I'm thankful that I can watch every G.I. Joe and He-Man and Transformers cartoon and take an academic view of it and have four or five people on the planet join me in that academic view. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my wife that she allows us to live the life that we live. I'm thankful for my parents for still being here and supporting me. I'm thankful for my wife's family for accepting me. I'm thankful that no matter how much of a jerk my kid is, that's what he is. He's a jerk because he's almost 14 years old, and that's what he should be, and he's thriving in his life. I'm thankful that I got Joe Burrow for 10 games this year. (laughs) I'm thankful to hopefully get him a lot more in the future. And I'm thankful for this audience, and I'm thankful for this platform. You guys have fed me for years, and I can never... I, I can never repay that, and I, I, I'm very thankful for that. So let me get off that. Let me get out of the Hallmark movie and go back to reality with all that being said. The Ex-Millennial Man podcast can be found every Saturday for free, wherever you find your fine, po- fine podcasting shows. I knew I was going to screw up again. We have a whole network of shows here. The Ex-Millennial Man, I have High Heels in Politics. I have First Watch, Rewatch, a few other ones coming out. Go over to Public Forum Productions. You can look for it in any of your podcast apps or go to publicforumproductions.com. And you can access all this stuff. You can access all of the Ex-Millennial Man, High Heels in Politics. But First Watch, Rewatch, the show I'm very proud of. I'm very excited about where it's going. I'm super thankful for where that show is going, that where we introduce one person introduces another person to a piece of pop culture they've probably never seen. And we've done 
Grease 2, we've done Buckaroo Banzai, we've done Ty and I just did Ridley Scott's Legend. It just came out. Go to Public Forum Productions, you can find that. The first episode we did is The Apple. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you got to just listen to us talk about it, and you're going to be like, what in the holy hell? And the last two, because we're going to shut it down for the winter and come back for a second season, but the last two are going to blow your mind, so go check out First Watch and Rewatch. So that's it. Happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your time. Enjoy the people you're with. And just don't forget to talk to you. The X Millennial Man Podcast is a production of SeedSing.com, fully owned by R.D. Kulik and Associates, LLC. Producers Ty Kulik and Ryan Kulik, adequately engineered by Ryan Kulik.